Praise the Lord. My heart is jumping of joy today more than never before. It's, it's such an honor to be here this morning speaking about the Lord. Um, it's such a privilege to be called by the Lord to come here and speak about him because you know the Lord the way you know him. And it's so wonderful that He's filled me all these years with his presence, with his love. And here I am today, a chosen child of the Lord, to talk to people about him. And everything I'm going to say is what he's taught me, is what I've learned from him. This is what uh, he's fed me with the last 10 years since I've been part of his family. It's not from any YouTube video, not from the internet, it's from here. Yeah. It runs from here, he lives in here, he lives in me. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's wonderful. Um, I actually remember the first time I was given a mic in this church. It was about five years ago, uh, we were looking for a church, my husband and me, we had moved uh, to Pitsy. We were coming from Hertfordshire and we were looking for a church. It was really important for me to have a church where I was going to grow and, and step up in the Lord. Uh, and it happened to be a weekend where the church was away with uh, the Peterborough Convention. The Peterborough Convention is a, is a wonderful convention. They go away. So on the Sunday, it tends to be very quiet. So we came in here. We sat in that corner over there. And I remember pastor coming, because the service was very different. Everybody was just singing hymns and praising. And, and I thought, OK, well, there's not much speaking going on. But I like it. It feels nice in here. And, and pastor gave me the mic. And I was like really shy. And I just said, um, I'm a bit shy to talk. But it wasn't him giving me the mic. It was God telling me there was a place for me here to come and grow in him and, and now speak up and, and have a mic more than once. So I remember that with a lot of um, love. And so I really want to start by thanking God. Lord, I thank you. I thank you for bringing me here, Lord. I thank you because... It's been 10 years, Lord, and, and I, I know you more than ever, and I know there's much more to come, Lord, but I'm so, so blessed this morning to be in your presence, to know you like I know you, uh, to be here talking with so much confidence and, and, and love about you, Lord. I'm so moved by you. Everything that has happened in my life comes from you, Lord. So I thank you and I ask you, Father, I ask you, Holy Spirit, to fill me, to take over. Use my voice, use my mind, use my body, everything. All for your glory, Lord. All for your glory. So I thank you and I bless the church and I pray, Father, that this preach that I'm going to give today, Lord, will change hearts, will break barriers, will bring people to know you more and more and to be closer to you, Father. Thank you, I pray in the name of Jesus. Amen, amen. Thank you. Um, so um, I've been saying a lot 10 years. I've been using that a lot. And it's actually because 10 years ago, uh, actually, it's 10 years since my husband and I got married. So it's an anniversary there. But that same day, I accepted Jesus as my Lord and my Savior. And I was born again. So 
those, that is a remarkable date for me because that's when, when my life really started. And, and that was also a time when I moved to England. So for those who don't know me, I'm originally from Colombia. And I came here 12 years ago to study and I happened to meet my husband and we got married and we decided to live here. And, and now, uh, you know, I'm, I'm living here, life is here. And, and it's not been the easiest, it's, it's tough. I mean, today my parents are here. They, they have come to visit. <laughs> Praise the Lord. And, and, and it's, been, it's been good. It's been fun. England is, is different to Colombia. It's, it's different in a nice way. So uh, I'm happy here. I'm actually very happy, especially now I've got such a big family in Christ. But I also have to say it's not been the easiest. It's been, it's been hard. There's been a lot of challenges and there's been a lot of tears. There's been a lot of ache. But one thing I want to say, God's been faithful. The 10 years of hard work and, and fight and he's been there. He's been there and today that's the word I want to give. That's the word that got put in my heart and it's just been confirmed through our worship song there before and it's about the favor of God. The favor of God. I like that worship song because and a pastor asked me, do you want a song to introduce the preach? And I said, well, we'll just go with the flow, you know. And there he goes. What did I do to deserve your favor? You have, called, you have called me to come into the holiest place. So I want to talk about God's favor. And, and I loved it. When I saw that, I thought, God, so synced. Always, always so synced, you and me. So I want to start by talking about someone in the Bible who certainly got God's favor. Okay? So this is Joseph. Joseph in... If you want to do a little bit of uh, bedtime reading, I recommend tonight uh, Genesis 37 um, from the 39 to 50. This is Joseph's story, okay? So these are the first people uh, after Adam and Eve. These are the first generations. So there's this man, this, this is a young man called Joseph. He's about 17 years old when he comes in the Bible, in the story. And he uh, has um, a few brothers. He's got a couple of brothers. And he's the youngest at the time. So he's, he's, uh, he's dad's favorite. He's uh, daddy's baby, to put it that way. So he's very special. He's very special to Joseph. And, but his brothers were a bit jealous about him because they, they saw Joseph had favoritism uh, with, um, with his dad. So his dad gives him a, a robe. It's a very nice robe. It's got all these colors. So his brothers are thinking, but why am I not getting this? Why are we not getting this robe? Why just Joseph? So it creates this jealousy between them, this kind of rivalry, which makes them feel something negative against Joseph. Um, apart from that, Joseph had a special gift that God had given him. And it was the gift to interpret dreams. Okay, so Joseph had been given the power of interpret dreams. He had a prophetic vision, which added on top of all these nice characteristics that he had already to make his brothers dislike him even more. So jealousy, jealousy from his brothers was so bad that they even plot to kill him. So one day as the brothers go to do their work, uh, Joseph is at home 
And Jacob, who's his dad, uh, calls, tells him to go and find his brothers. When he goes to find his brothers, he actually finds them. But they were already plotting to kill him. One of the brothers said, no, no, we shouldn't kill him. He kind of defended Joseph. Um, so they said, let's just take the, the rope, let's kill a goat, let's take it to dad, so that he believes that Joseph is dead. So that's actually what they do. They take uh, Joseph's robe, they kill a goat, and they pour it with blood. And at the same time, they see this group of people coming, and they say, well, let's sell him. Let's sell our brother. So they sold the brother, his brother, uh, so Joseph, to these strangers. They were actually uh, going to Egypt. In Egypt, at the time, the pharaoh was reigning. Okay, was in kingdom. So brothers go back home. They tell his dad Joseph is dead. And Joseph goes with, um, with, with these guys and it ends up in Egypt. But unlike, you know, contrary to what Joseph's brother believed that Joseph was going to have a really difficult life, all the opposite happened. Because Joseph starts doing really well. He starts doing really well in Egypt. So this is the first scripture we're going to read. Because this is one of the first parts where we start seeing so evident God's favor in Joseph's life. So if we turn to Genesis um, 39 to 5, we're going to see how um, God favored Joseph in this land of foreigners because he was a foreigner there. Okay. So Genesis 39 to 5, and it says, The Lord was with Joseph so that he prospered, and he lived in the house of his Egyptian master. When his master saw that the Lord was with him and that the Lord gave him success in everything he did, Joseph found favor in his eyes and became his attendant. Potiphar put him in charge of his household, and he entrusted to his care everything he owned. From the time he put him in charge of his household and all of that he owned, the Lord blessed the household of the Egyptian because of Joseph. The blessing of the Lord was on everything Potiphar had, both in the house and in the field. So Joseph starts doing really well because the Lord was with him. So everything that he was doing was successful and the people he was with was successful. But then Joseph, uh, he was a very good looking young man to his luck. <laughs> so Potiphar, who is this master, his master and he's one of the officials, uh, guards of the Pharaoh, uh, she fancies. Uh, Joseph. So she tries to flirt with him and, you know, trying to see if she can have some kind of intimacy with him, to which Joseph re rejects straight away, straight away, because he wouldn't betray his master, and especially he would not sin against God. So obviously this lady, she felt very rejected. And she got very angry. And she told her husband, who had a lot of power, obviously, 
and Joseph is sent to prison. So Joseph goes to prison, so we're gonna look what happened whilst Joseph is in prison. So we go Genesis 39, 21, 23. And once again, Joseph finds God's favor in prison. No limits. Genesis 39, 21-23. The Lord was with him. He showed him kindness and granted him favor in the eyes of the prison warden. So the warden put Joseph in charge of all those held in the prison. And he was made responsible for all that was done there. The warden paid no attention to anything under Joseph's care because the Lord was with Joseph and gave him success in whatever he did. So once again, Joseph is in prison. He could have been in really bad conditions there, you know. It's not gonna be the nicest place to be, but the Lord was still there and the Lord still gave him favor. Uh, so it all worked out for good for him in the end. So as Joseph is in prison, there are two prisoners there. And they've been having these dreams. And because Joseph could interpret dreams, the prisoners go to Joseph. And Joseph interprets the dreams. They tell them, basically Joseph tells them what those dreams mean and what they should do. So these prisoners are released and they go back to, uh, to Pharaoh, back to the house. And one day, uh, well, Joseph asked them, could you do me a favor since I help you with these dreams? Could you tell Pharaoh that I, I, I can do this? So when they go away, they forget. But there's one opportunity when Pharaoh is having this horrible dream, it's troubled him. And one of the prisoners remembers, oh, there's this guy in prison, he can interpret dreams. He told me what my dream meant, and he told me what to do, and that's exactly what happened. So Pharaoh calls for this man called Joseph, releases him from prison, and, and asks him to come, and he asks, asks him to come and uh, interpret his dream. So we're gonna look into Genesis 41, 15, 17 to see exactly uh, what happened there. So Joseph goes, Pharaoh had been with these troubled dreams, and then Joseph tells him exactly what's going to happen, what they mean, and what he's got to do. So in response to that, Genesis 41, 15, 17, Pharaoh said to Joseph, I had a dream, and no one can interpret it, but I have heard it said, I have heard say of you that when you hear a dream, you can interpret it. To which Joseph replies, I cannot do it, but God will give Pharaoh the answer he desires. So again, extra points for Joseph. <laughs> you know, now Pharaoh, who is at the top of the tops, he gets this interpretation you can imagine, you know, like maybe the prime minister at the moment is all this going on and she's, she doesn't know what to do. 
government saying this, government saying that, and there's one person that says, I know what you need to do. God told me what you need to do. So Pharaoh was over the moon. Pharaoh was like, wow, who is this guy? So in response to that, we go to uh, Genesis 41, 37, 45. So on this dream, Joseph told Pharaoh that there will be seven years of famine in Egypt. So that's what the dream meant. And he also told him what he would need to do to cover his people during those seven years of struggle that they were about to have. So Genesis 41, 37, 45 says, the plan seemed good to Pharaoh and to all his officials. So Pharaoh asked them, can we find anyone like this man, one in whom is the spirit of God? Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, since God has made all this known to you, there's no one so discerning and wise as you. You shall be in charge of my palace, and all my people are to submit to your orders. Only with respect to the throne will I be greater than you. So this is a foreigner sold by his own brothers, now on the top of the tops. So this is Pharaoh and now Joseph is here. Again, amazing, God's, God's favoring him. So we carry on to 41 now. Joseph in charge of Egypt. So Pharaoh said to Joseph, I hereby put you in charge of the whole land of Egypt. Then Pharaoh took his signet ring from his finger and put it on Joseph's finger. He dressed him in robes of fine linen and put a gold chain around his neck. He had him ride in a chariot as his second in command and people shouted before him, make way. Thus he put him in charge of the whole land of Egypt. Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, I am Pharaoh. But without your word, no one will lift hand or foot in all Egypt. Pharaoh gave Joseph the name Saphenath Pania and gave him Asenath's daughter of Potiphar, priest of On, to be his wife. And Joseph went through the land of Egypt. So, God's favor. Joseph was greatly favored in front of foreigners. All odds were against him. So brothers trying to kill him. Then he gets this woman that because she, he doesn't respond in the way she wants him to respond. He's sent to prison. God is there. That uh, gift of interpreting, him, interpreting dreams gets Joseph out of prison. And he goes right with the master. And he becomes... He becomes second to the Pharaoh. So God's favor in the whole of Joseph's story. Later on in the story, um, Joseph, so the, the famine goes, spreads all over the land. 
And even Joseph's brothers have to come and, and find food because obviously God gave uh, Joseph a plan so the, the Egyptians were covered with food. So when Joseph's brothers come to this land, they don't recognize Joseph. But when eventually Joseph reveals himself, himself to them, Joseph forgives them. So Joseph is a really good example of how we should be as Christians and what the benefits are of being a Joseph. So I really recommend this story for later on. Um, and the thing is that even this is million, million years ago, God's favor is still around us. Because Joseph's God is the same God that is here today, that is here in Colombia, <laughs> that is anywhere. It's the same God, eternal God, same power, same favor. And you know what? We are especially favored because we are the children of God. So Jacob's son, Joseph, was favored because he was his child. Let's claim God's favor because we are his children. Do not hesitate. Do not feel like, oh, am I asking too much? No, God wants to give us all these things, all these favors. So he gave us his favor and we will be favored in eyes of others, like it happened here. He was favored in front of Pharaoh. And this guy was a powerful man. I don't know if you, from history, all these powerful people, they have no humbleness, they have no pity or sympathy towards others. So it really broke this man's heart to see God so evident in Joseph's life. So because this favor is not just for, for Joseph on, or the people in the Old Testament, and I've actually experienced this favor. There's a few ways in which we can find God's favor because he wants to give us that. So a few things we should, we should understand first is what is exactly God's favor? So I think going to the dictionary sometimes is really helpful to understand the Bible when you're reading the Bible because it gives you more insight on, on what they're actually saying here. There's a lot of power. So that's what it means discerning the Bible. Not just reading like you want to finish one page and two pages in 20 minutes. No, it means even if you stay with one short text, understand what is, what is being say, said there. And always pray before you read the Bible as the Holy Spirit to dis give you discerning and show you what is there because that is for us, you know? So if we wanna take it, we might as well understand how to take it and how to use it. So what is God's favor? So the dictionary defines favor as an act of kindness beyond what is due or usual. Synonyms of favor are approval, approbation, or liking for someone. I think this defines God's favor in our lives. It's an act of kindness beyond what is due or usual. Beyond. And God's favor is shown to us in so many ways. So it's shown through his mercy. It's shown through his forgiveness. Wisdom. Prosperity. And salvation. Okay, so we all need these things, 
but how can I actually get God's favor? One thing we must exercise as Christians when we commit to our life in Christ, and it's not easy, and that's why Jesus is there all the time to help us get there, and is we need to exercise obedience. So I think in this story, we saw that pretty clear with Joseph. Joseph had the opportunity to be with a beautiful woman, very glamorous, but he said, no, I'm not gonna sin against God. You see, that's obedience. And a lot of the time, obedience is not, it's not easy because we're flesh, but we have the Holy Spirit to help us. And the, and, the, and the power of the Holy Spirit is stronger than the flesh, so we can do it. So we need to uh, work on that. We need to push ourselves and fight against that. So exercise obedience is a lot of the don'ts in the Bible. So there is do not kill, do not steal. There's a lot of don'ts. So we should try to not do these things. Let's commit in obedience to God. And the second thing is have fear of the Lord. So once again, I think in Joseph's story is very clear. He had fear of the Lord. He would have preferred to be killed, to be in a prison. It, it, it must have been horrible. We can only imagine what it's like in one of these places, especially he, him being a foreigner in those times. But he didn't care because he had fear of the Lord. And having fear of the Lord is just follow and respect God's commandments. God is the ultimate authority. We respect the police, we respect our managers, bosses at our workplaces, we respect our parents. God is the ultimate authority and we should have fear of the Lord. And fear of the Lord is not to be scared, oh God is gonna do this to me, God, God is gonna come back with this to me, no. It's just respect him, you know. We are his creation. He is the ultimate authority, so we need to respect that. So that's one of the things, exercise obedience and have fear of the Lord. And I have a scripture for that, to explain that a little bit better. So that's in Psalm 25, 12, 14. So Psalms 25, 12, 14, it says, who then are those who fear the Lord? He will instruct them in the ways they should choose. They will spend their days in prosperity and their descendants will inherit the land. The Lord confides in those who fear him. He makes his covenant known to them. So here's God's favor. You will inherit the land. He, the Lord will confide, confide in those who fear him. Another example, Proverbs 3, 2 to 4. So three, uh, Proverbs 3, 2, 2 to 4. For they will prolong your life many years and bring you peace and prosperity. Let love and faithfulness never leave you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. Then... You will win favor and a good name in the sight of God and man. So here's all the ways, all the favor from God, from God to us. 
There's a few more ways that we can actually get God's favor. Delighting in him. Delighting in God means spend time with him, you know, wherever you are. Just feel his presence, call his presence. Spend time with him at night, in the morning. Delighting him. All things he has done are good. I'm going to read a quick psalm uh, in regards to that. It says, trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and enjoy safe pasture. Take delight in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. If you're delighting him, it's not just coming to church on a Sunday, but all the time we can delight in him. Another way, praise him, praise him. And I think this is my favorite. <laughs> praise him. And praise him is not just the music. Praise him is not just singing songs to him. Praise him is raise your hands and declare that he's Lord, exalt him. You know, and sometimes you don't know what to pray. Oh, how, how do you pray? Well, praise is also a way to pray because when you are exalting God, you are declaring that. If there's a situation that's troubling your mind, you can declare that God is the most powerful to break any situation, to bring, to open the waters for you. And you will find God's favor. God will respond to that. And don't just do it for the favor, but just exalt him in general. Exalt him, just sing, just even say, God, you're so wonderful. And close your eyes and start feeling God's presence in your life. Another one that's very connected to that is to seek him. And I'd like to use another scripture for that one. That's Matthew 6, 33. When you seek God, you will see amazing things. You will, you will see God and you will see his favor in your life. And even in other people's lives, like with Pharaoh, he had favor because of Joseph. So you and your family can be favored if you do these things. And then they will come as well. They will come. So Matthew 6:33 says, but seek, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well all these things. So I like the part where it says, seek first. And this is something I have learned myself. If there's a problem, the first way I go is Jesus. I'm not going telling people all my situations, my problems. I go, there, I go to him first. I seek him first. Because my life is in his hands. Therefore, he has control. I've given him full control of, of my life. So I seek him first. Now, if you want to pray, if you want to talk to other people, especially at the church, I do encourage you to do that. But always go to him first. Okay? Um, Hebrews 11.6 as well says, And without faith, it is impossible to please God. Because anyone who comes to him 
must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. There's so many things you find when you seek, when you praise, when you delight in him, it's all about him. And even myself being here, standing here today, this is not about me, this is not about Julie going to preach now, it's all about him because I am only a vessel, I am his instrument. When I gave my life to Jesus, I told him I would live for him. So it's all about him, it's all about him. Um, the other thing is to be faithful and thankful. And now this is a difficult, difficult one for us here on earth. Finances. Finances. When the money is running out, you're waiting for payday because you had this big bill to pay and now two, two weeks before payday, you don't have money. But there is a way in God, there is a way God gives us favor as well in that area. He's prosperous. He's prosperous. So if you can go to um, Proverbs, uh, oops, 3.9.11, Proverbs 3.9.11, there's also favor there in that area of our lives. So it's in every area of our lives God will favor us. So Proverbs 3.9.11, it says, honor the Lord with your wealth with the first fruit of all your crops. Then your barns will be filled to overflowing and your vats will brim over with new wine. It's amazing. It's amazing. I actually want to share a quick testimony based on this scripture. Um, last year in November, I was coming back from work and I was getting into our car park in, in our flats. There's this very narrow path to get into our underground car park. And it was about 6 p.m., it was very dark, we have a black car. As I was coming into the car park, somebody reversed onto me, hit my vehicle. It's a very stressful situation. First thing was, thank you, Lord, because I'm okay. Nothing happened to me. But it did cause me a little bit of stress because, you know, it's, it's the vehicle. Then you have to think of the money. Uh, the, the other driver didn't really help. He was very negative and he blamed me. So, okay, that's fine. Let's, let's see what's the next, next step here. So, uh, when I finally managed to come into the car park, uh, I was checking the car, really worried to see how big the damage was, whether I should tell Luke or not, my husband. Um, I said, yes, I will tell Luke because I don't want to lie, you know. Uh, it's his, it's his, uh, he likes his car, so. Um, <laughs> so anyway, I, I had to do the right thing. But um, as I was cleaning the car, somebody said, is your car okay? And I said, I don't know, can you, can you have a look for me? Can you... He said, oh, it's only a minor scratch and a little dang, you might need to do this and that. And I said, oh, thank you. Where did you come from? There was no one there at, the, at that moment. And he said, oh, actually, I live above the entrance of the car park. I saw everything that happened. If you need a witness, count on me. <laughs> count on me. Praise the Lord. 
Praise the Lord, faithful, faithful. And the story doesn't end there. This is the thing I like with God, you know, this, you think that's it, and then he surprises you even more. So we turned to the insurance uh, for the repair of the car, um, and they asked us for 450 pounds of excess, uh, and they would do the repairs, whatever they cost, but we would have to pay the excess, so we put the money. Um, and then I remember I had seen, oh, and the insurance said, if you have a witness, we'll give you the money back. So I thought, oh, okay. What flat number was it that he told me he lived on? I, said, I thought I didn't even say his number or his, or his name. So I went to his, I went to his uh, set of buildings, which is a completely different building to mine. I've never been there. Uh, first, as I'm ringing on the, on the entry phone, He's not responding, so right, I'll wait for someone. Someone comes out and he says, do you want to come in? So I come in, I go and find his flat, knock on the door, oh, hi, I know who you are. I said, oh, yes, hello, sorry to bother you. Um, I was wondering if you'd be able to help me for, uh, I need a witness in regards to what happened with the car and would you be happy to witness for me? He said, of course I would. What do you want me to say? So he was telling me, if you want me to say that he had the fault, I will say that. So I had the opportunity, you know, straight away. But I said to him, I want you to tell what you saw. And he said to me, I saw how you were coming in and he came and hid you from, the, from behind. So he told the truth. That was the truth. He called to the insurance next day. Uh, or the insurance called him, one of the two. Um, and the insurance called me and said, we have received the statement of your witness. Uh, the money should take about three months to come back to you. This accident was at the end of November. I received the money three weeks ago through a check. God so good. God so good. Because you know, financial situations are, are not easy, but God is also there. God is also there, seek him, be, be faithful, be faithful, you know, that's one of the things I learned, to be faithful as well with the Lord and the finances, because everything I have comes from him. And the very last point that, just as important as the other ones, is how do you get God's favor you must accept his gift, his greatest gift, Jesus. That's God's greatest gift to us. And God's gift through Jesus means salvation, means that once we're here, yeah, we will struggle a little bit with some things, but God will always come to help us. He'll always make a way. When I was thinking about this guy that saw me, I never saw anyone there. And he only came out to have a cigarette. He could have come five minutes later. He could have come five minutes earlier. But God put everything there. So God is in every, every situation. So accept Jesus. Salvation. You will receive salvation. Believe. Believe, believe, believe in his power. Believe that he's good. Believe that he's always there. 
and trust him. Trust him with all your heart. My sister Donna, she's given me one of the best godly advices that anyone has ever given, given me. And now I apply it every day. I keep my eyes on Jesus. In the middle of the storms, in the moments of joy, my eyes are always on Jesus. So accept, believe, and trust. And trusting means keep your eyes on Jesus. What is Jesus? It's all in here. It's all in here. It's not a secret. What can Jesus do for us? How can we be better? How can we come out of this habit that we're having, this addiction? How can I be a, a more fruitful Christian, you know? And I think one of the, the, the nicest things about having Jesus in our lives is that um, it makes all the difference. There, can be, there could be two people here going through the same situation, one with eyes in the world, one with eyes in Jesus. I know the person that's got the eyes on Jesus is full of peace. He's full of peace. He makes all the difference. Accept, believe, and trust, and just trust. Look above that, look above. So I think I've said, I've said a lot, <laughs> but I, I guess I just wanted to um, briefly share with you how God has been faithful and I've received his favor over and over again. And if you need God's favor, go and get it. I've given you a few things that I've done. <laughs> and, and you will not be disappointed. God is our father. And he will, he will favor us. He will favor us. Don't be surprised if you start doing all these things and then you're running late for your appointment. You were the last one at the queue. Suddenly, they say, Alan Churchill, we've been waiting for you, so you skip the, you skip the queue. <laughs> Do not think it's good luck. This is what it's meant to be like. We're meant to live in God's goodness because we have a good God. We're fruit of his goodness. We're the fruit of his love. So when people say it's too good to be true, it's not too good to be true. It's good and it's true because it's from God. It's from God. So I praise the Lord because he's, he's beyond goodness and his favor is there for us. If you need favor today, start praying and start seeking him. Exalt him. Glory be to you, Lord, this morning because I know there'll be testimonies coming back to this place in their families, in their own lives, in their jobs. In every situation they're facing, Lord, now they know how to get your favor. And like that song said earlier, what did I do to deserve your favor? Here we are, Lord. We want your favor. We want you. Just take over, Lord. We bless you. We, we exalt you. There's no one like you. Praise the Lord in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you.